so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. Hey, what's up? This is Ho Ho Hong Kong. I am Andy Curtin. I'm here with my buddy Vivek Mababani. Hey, what is up? It's good to be back here again. Uh, and we're recording an aftermath today. Massive thank you to Kyle and Alicia for putting us up. This place is fantastic. That is right. It's perfect space in Hong Kong in a basement. Acoustics are fantastic. We're safe, I think. Yeah, we've, I we've measured 1.5 meter distance. I'm sorry, I can't hear you too far away. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. That was the test. I was in, I was in a restaurant yesterday and I've got two kids and my mother-in-law and we had to have three tables <laughs> and literally in the line to get into the restaurant we're like you know this is not happening asked to uh, asked to ask all the way just like yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to get into the restaurant yeah, yeah. With 20 people you're and then they're like oh no you're in now yeah don't sit close enough to protect your children yeah exactly falling a far greater risk yeah if you could <laughs> save them you're at risk. And I was so like, like, I was like she's one. She's not going to get COVID. She's going to fall on the floor. This is this is the bizarre <laughs> thing, right? So it's two people per table at the moment. That's the restriction, right? And so what's happening? Even when I went out with my mom, and my girlfriend, we were at separate tables. Girlfriend, and my mom on, on one table, and I'm oh, at the other table. Oh, that's a good deal for you. Yeah, hey, I'm okay with that. But the problem is, <laughs> I don't get to share the food. Then I have to decide what is that one dish I'm getting, right? But then I decided, wait a second, I, I'm allowed to get up from my table. That's so funny. It's the opposite of China. Because China is so good the way they share the food. Yeah. In the West, we have yeah. our own food. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not good if you can't sit together. Exactly, right? I mean, the round table doesn't work if it's like, you know, just two people spinning the same thing <laughs> in the middle. It's like, I could take it from this distance. But I mean, the, the weird thing is with this restriction, I can still get up and go over to their table with my fork and spoon and just... Cough on him a few times. Yeah, come while I'm taking like, Give him a piece sloppy of chicken. kiss. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'll take that. That's my meal, please. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, so it's a weird time. I just, I was thinking the other day that, you know, I think Hong Kong's done such an amazing job, right? Because it is clearly easy for a country to have thousands and thousands and thousands of cases. Yeah. Right? And, and it's also been achievable for a lot of countries to have zero cases. Yes. But like, how hard is it for them to have the precision? precision to just have 40 cases every day indefinitely. Right? Exactly. Right? It's like enough to be safe, yeah. not enough to protest. Exactly. They've got it completely figured out. Enough for a headline, <laughs> enough for an excuse to continue the restrictions, but not enough to overwhelm the system. Like, how many cases yet. today? It's 40. What did yeah. you think it was exactly. going to be? Yeah, exactly. The feng shui master said that's a lucky number. Go with it, right? That's how we work over here. Um, I do want a massive shout out now to the Aftermath Fringe Festival uh, that's about to be put up. Uh, it's four performances, four performances and interviews by some of Hong Kong's hot musical artists. Uh, two stand-up comedy sets, a hilarious game show, and a quiz. Um, that's going to be launched online from next Friday. There'll be tickets available through Ticketflap for eighty dollars. 80 Hong Kong dollars right over there. That's really good. And the best thing is you get the comfort of your own home. So if you felt your seat wasn't comfortable, that's your problem. Yeah. Right? You did a bad job. If if no one's laughing, it's yeah. you. That's yeah, exactly. You the, <laughs> it's literally just problem. you. Yeah, it wasn't a bad show. You just had a bad mood. Um, they're going to have bundles available to see multiple shows as well. So I'm guessing this, uh, this Fringe Festival is all free seating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's allocated seating. Okay, like, yeah. Before you start the show, could you please sit on the floor? Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we we would recommend that you maintain the social distancing. So if you're watching with a friend, watch in different rooms. If you don't have different rooms, rent one. 
This is the most you promotion I've ever heard. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, where is he going with this? <laughs> I don't understand his logic again. Um, also, we've got our Patreon is up now. Check out patreon.com slash pod. Two big shout outs to Peter Ballack and Alan, recent uh, patrons. Thank you, pa- patrons. Thank you so much for that, guys. It is awesome. And uh, if you want to find me online, I am at Andy Curtin on everything, Vivek. And uh, I'm feeling in mood of giving so the other Muhammad. And now I think we've tortured our guest today enough. But thank <laughs> you. Sit there in silence. <laughs> we've got Anthony Dapran back on the podcast. G'day. Good to be with you again. You've, yeah. been, uh, you've been a hit for our listeners, I have to tell you. Oh, really? Oh, thank you. How, how do people find you online? Uh, Twitter at AntD, A-N-T-D. Is and the your Twitter's place. great. I've been learning stuff uh, for I, the first time, actually. I, I try to combine some educational material in there with the snark and sarcasm and, uh, yeah, shit posting. Yeah, and also another one, another Twitter account that you got me onto, and I'm going to mess up the name, but is it Shinchu... Uh, there's a female journalist. Oh, Shinchi Su? Shinchi Su, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great journalist, yeah. She's doing some amazing yeah, stuff. Yeah, really great. Yeah. She's way better than reading the actual news. Mm. Yeah, I find a lot of that. I mean, especially, dare I say, the SCMP reporters. But a lot, I mean, a lot of journalists have really great content um, on Twitter because it's sort of direct from their brain to you and it doesn't get intermediated by editors who may end up slanting it in a different direction. So, yeah. It, and as it's happening a lot of the time yeah, as well. exactly. Sh- yeah. Shinchi Su. Yeah, Shinchi Su, yeah. Um, so we got you back on today because uh, things were looking so great after the last time we chatted, uh, and somehow they've gotten um, better. Can I? Can I? That's what I. What do I have to say? Hey, it's all about perspective, you know. When you're optimistic well, about if you're, life, if you're a Communist Party member, it got better. Yeah, exactly. So even more stable. Even more stable. That is correct. So if you're looking for stability, yep. you've got even more stable life going on in 2021. So kind of the the, the I think the first big thing. Uh, and you'll correct me, please correct me if I'm wrong about this, but was all the the democratic democratic uh, lawmakers leaving, mm -hmm. you know, them resigning, or what exactly happened there? Yeah, so uh, Beijing, uh, well, uh, let's take take two steps back, really. Uh, Last year, there were going to be elections um, for the Legislative Council that were scheduled in September. Um, in advance of that, of course, all the candidates put in their, um, their, their nominations to run and, and the returning officers decided that some of those people weren't uh, suitably loyal. So to they bumped to a run. bunch of people out. So, so a couple of people were disqualified from running in the upcoming election, but a few of those were, were sitting lawmakers. They were, they were incumbents and they were going to be running again. Um, and then the government, of course, delayed the election because of COVID. They said we have to wait at least a year. It was, it was good because they didn't even say we're going to delay it exactly a year. They said we're going to delay it at least a year. But... Who knows when when it's going to come back? But anyway, twenty forty seven. Yeah. Um, but then, so then the current ledge code was extended, and there was this problem where you had a number of sitting legislators who had been disqualified from running in the now delayed election, but were still sitting in the chamber. Um, and so Beijing decided they wanted to do something about this, so they issued a ruling, um, basically kicking them out and saying if you'd been disqualified from running in the upcoming election, you have to get kicked out of the, the current Beijing made that rule. Yeah, right? that was the interesting thing. It wasn't made by the Hong Kong government, wasn't made under the basic law. It wasn't in kind of following any recognised legal mechanism. The National People's Congress just said, we decree it. Which uh, is sort of a step on from the national security law being implemented, right? Like yeah. It seems now Beijing's just taken a very active role in, yeah. in lawmaking. Just in making Kong. direct decisions. So, so... There are really technically only two things that it should be allowed to do. Interpret the basic law or make legislation such as the national security law that is then sort of applied to Hong Kong and made part of Hong Kong law. But this was just a decision. 
Um, it's so, so funny how they pretend to have a system. I mean, you talk about like the lack of a rule of law. Mm. Like, it's, I, I think people really misunderstand what that is. The idea that the law should apply equally at all times to all people. Mm. And it's like, the second you have one person being like, let's just do something different. It's like, well, then it's gone. Yeah. The myth of it's gone. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. the problem is like how, that wouldn't even work when you're a bunch of friends though, you know? Like everyone's deciding let's do this, we're gonna have a show tonight, and some kids like, let's do magic. You're no, like, I know. No, this is a comedy show. We don't suddenly throw in like a card trick. No, no, let's you know what we're gonna do? I'm gonna go stand on my head. Like ah, oh, this kid. Why I think, I think it's more guy? like if you have one friend who's like a celebrity, he's like Brad Pitt, yeah. and all of his other friends are just like regular dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, what do you want to do tonight? Well, we're gonna do cards, yeah, we we'll do this. Yeah, yeah. And then as you're walking out, Brad's like, yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, that's right. We're not doing it. Oh, yeah, Brad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad, what are we doing again? <laughs> exactly. What Brad wanted, that's exactly what I wanted as well. That is correct. Yeah. And this analogy, Brad Pitt runs uh, internment camps. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and there you go. So, I mean, hey, if anything, there was a compliment, so you're safe. You can stay in Hong Kong for another year. So, that they've booted him out. Yeah, sorry. So um, And so then, uh, in protest, the, almost the rest of all the the entirety of the rest of the pan-democratic camp resigned from LegCo in, in protest, basically, to say, well, this is no longer, this has basically become a sham and, and we're not going to continue to lend our legitimacy to this. And so do you think that resign. was the right move? Um, look, the, uh, on the one hand, it was sort of the only principled stand they could take in a way just to show that this was this was um you know that, that to show that the ledge co had sort of become illegitimate but the consequence is that there's now no opposition camp in the ledge co um we don't know how much longer this term is going to last and it's just all pro beijing lawmakers who can basically do what the government can do what they want with no scrutiny uh, without really being held accountable in the way that the pan-democrat camp used to do when they were there so it's um, it's 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 not great, um, especially it's given that we don't know how long this situation is going to last, where the government can just push through whatever crazy ideas they want. That's um, like an open mic night with no audience and just comics, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, right, right. and no good comics. <laughs> yeah, no good comics either. Yeah, There's and then no you take that funny. photo. Yeah. You take that photo, put it on Facebook, like kill tonight. Look at that crowd. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of Carrie Lam's view of the world, right? I mean, she said when the when the pandemic resigned, she said actually we're excited that now we can do things more efficiently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, okay. That's what I mean. It's like same with I, comics. It's, it's like I'm excited there's no she's audience. She's got to so. be like semi-autistic, right? Yeah, I really feel there's an issue here. I, I mean... I really feel. I'm not even... It just... She seems so just tone deaf or... It's not even like she doesn't care. Like if she came out and was like, ah, you're like, all right. She got Yeah, us, she's like know? that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she's like, things will move faster now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's a very odd character, put it that way. I mean, she's look, she's clearly not a politician and she's not there because of you know any any electorate that's put her there. She's not really accountable to anyone except except Beijing. But yeah. um yeah, a very, very peculiar character indeed. I mean it's like Willy Wonka, right? Like he's got the chocolate factory, he's got too much chocolate, he's trying to deal with it, she's dealing with all the cash in her house. Oh, she gives a few do. golden tickets, though. Yeah, know. yeah, I wish. Well, yeah, to Shenzhen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those guys are getting in free. Yeah. So that's so we're in a situation now where you're like, oh well, they probably won't need to do anything else. They've yeah. they have complete control yeah. over every person. They're literally going through the motions. They're just but talking, that, but that debating. wasn't enough. No, not enough. No, no. But wait, there's more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Um, so then the next thing they did, this is a, you know, in, in January now, um, uh, and this again relates to the proposed elections last year. So, um, and again, taking a few steps back, um, with the elections come, due to come up in September last year, the Pan-Democrat camp was sort of thinking about what's the best way they can position themselves to, to do well in this election. Bearing in mind, they'd, um, they'd sort of done a clean sweep of the district council elections in 2019 and the sentiment, public sentiment was clearly behind them. But the Pan-Dems have traditionally been a pretty fractious bunch, right? There's a bunch of different Pan-Democrat parties and they sometimes compete with each other and sort of who's on the, the more radical or the less radical. It's almost like they have a functional approach to politics. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's yeah, so yeah. weird. Exactly. It's so weird as opposed to the other side where nobody has an independent thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're a team. Yeah, there's yeah. no I in team, but there's an I in China. But then you go on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so no, but so so the way. That <laughs> <laughs> How many coffees did you have before you came here? <laughs> I think it's definitely the medical treatment, man. There's something in it. I just like got it into my blood. Today He's been violently sick since well, you were the last podcast he did. Oh, you're telling me this oh, now, man? <laughs> since we, since you were last on, he's basically been in off. Yeah, I've been right. off. Fever, sore throat, cough. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've been no, having no, no, I mean, like really, really sick. Oh, yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, not COVID sick. Oh. I, no, it's okay. I'm, I'm back to back to what my I think is normal now. Back to yeah. back to weird. <laughs> yes, exactly. Back to before was just like just not good. Yeah, oh, this man. is back to weird. Yeah, no, we, just we just had him on for the first one back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. it's wow. really good. Okay. Yeah, that's why I'm like trying to get get used to this whole interview process of like remember speak properly <laughs> ask questions they can understand don't speak just your thoughts directly filter a bit so, yeah <laughs> i will you got like a two month back catalog of gags to squeeze yeah, in i basically have two months of this nonsense weird talk that i didn't do so therefore it's coming out in pieces like oh there's no why in china oh okay. like, ah here we go here we go that was diamond though <laughs> <Here we go>. <laughs> <laughs> credit where credit's due hold on to that <laughs> um where was i oh so, yeah Primaries. So, yeah. yeah, the pandems, a lot of internal competition, so they decided they'd have a primary, uh, primary elections among themselves to decide who they'd run in each seat to avoid them competing and cannibalizing each other's vote. Um, and one of the strategies that had sort of been floated by, originally by Benny Tai, who's this former Hong Kong U academic who was the, the founder of the, the Occupy Central movement back in 2014, was he sort of, he wrote this op-ed in the Apple Daily, which was sort of about the, the 10 steps to Lam Chao, which is sort of, you know, mutual destruction. And he sort of posited this theory that if the pandems won a majority of the LegCo, they could vote down the budget and force the chief executive to resign and to be this way that, that the pandems could sort of, you know, really mess up. The, the, the governance in, in Hong Kong. Um, and the, 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 the governments, the authorities sort of put two and two together and said, well, if you're trying to win an election through these primaries, and if you win the election, you're saying that you're going to you know, try and bring down the government, then that's subversion. And that's a breach of the national security law. So you better not do it. Um, but everyone ignore that warning and 600,000 people came out to vote in that primary um, last July and it all went very smoothly. Um, of course, then the elections were, were postponed. So the people who, who won those primaries never got to, to run in the election. But then um, last week, the government came out and arrested basically everyone involved in that primary election um, for subversion as they warned that they would. So every candidate who ran in that election um, uh, uh, an American lawyer who was the treasurer of the organization that organized it, um, owners of businesses that hosted the polling stations for some of those elections. Um, so, so pretty so, people with fairly minor involvement, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, any any candidates, if you'd run in that election, they, they've said, okay, you're, you were trying to commit subversion, you're arrested. So what they arrested is you know, the entire 
pan-democrat politician group anyone who who was either gonna run or was thinking of running um uh which, you know, so the basically arrested the entire opposition is, is one way to look at it but given benny ty's goal of undermining corporate governance do you think that anyone participating in the primary did have the goal of undermining the government? Well, I mean, there's two things. Firstly, I mean, not not necessarily. I mean, none, you know, they didn't necessarily say, you know, this is what we're going to do. Um, secondly, even if they did, they hadn't done it yet. They were just talking about what they may or may not do in the future. And thirdly, everything in Benny Tai's plan strictly followed the letter of the basic law. All the mechanisms he talked about from winning an election to voting against the budget to what the consequences are if the legislature votes against the budget. All of that is set out in the basic law. There's nothing illegal in, in what he proposed. Um, and, and so it's interesting that the, the subversion provisions of the national security law require an unlawful act. And so a lot of people have actually questioned these arrests and said, well, what what was unlawful about any of this? I mean, even, even if they did intend to go through with it and they went through with it, that still wouldn't be illegal. Um, and so people are sort of starting to question, will these charges stand up in court? Um, and if they don't, you know, maybe it doesn't matter anyway, because the purpose was just to arrest them all, take their passports away, potentially freeze their assets, hang a cloud over them so that when the election does come back, they might not be able to run because they're facing charges or they're, they're remanded in custody awaiting trial and these sorts of things. So it's, 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 a, it's a pretty sort of a, a, a pretty big sort of intimidation tactic overall, I think. Sure. I mean, I think any normal person... Well, it's it's understandable, I, I think, when people get locked up for any period of time, for them to go, oh, this isn't worth my life. Yeah, so I guess it's, that's Especially the when it's like, you could be like, like I'm always, a, 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 it's easy to admire these people, like, yeah, you know, the, the um, I was going to say Morgan Freeman, who's <laughs> <laughs> the guy from South Africa. Wait, in Hong Kong? No, the leader in South Africa. Nelson Mandela. Nelson oh. Mandela. <laughs> Dude, all right. It's early, all right? It's all right, really so early let me, let me, let me, Let me recap how I was criticized <laughs> by the I in China the Nelson Mandela's of the world who are willing to sit in a prison for a really long time. But, you know, I look at it like I would never do that, you know, if on a, in an unwinnable fight. Yeah. yeah I no, just so, wouldn't yeah. do it. Uh, yeah, I think the idea is you know, to break their spirit, to make yeah. the cost of dissent so high that that most people would just say that's that's a cost I'm not willing to bear. Right. Yeah. I mean, and one, I think, I mean, as I said, everyone involved was arrested. I mean, there were some really, I think, notable stories. The one that really stood out to me was Jeffrey Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and uh, let me just say, kudos to the police for getting like not mi- mixing up South Asians. Normally, they'll you know, you're him, you're him, whatever. I'll get the South Asian guy. Have <laughs> X been arrested five times? Yeah. And I'm, yeah I'm just like, it's, <laughs> they walk up to you. I'm like, I'm not the guy. <laughs> just. I'm not the guy. Still the back. Yes, yes. Trust me. Just call. Here's my ID. Call them. They'll be like, yes, not him. It's not him. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was my first impression. I was like, all right, okay. They got they got Jeffrey Andrews. They actually recognized him correctly. That's all right. Hey. However, the second thing I'm actually... Wait, who was Jeffrey Andrews? For Jeffrey the Andrews is actually the... Uh, he's a, the first registered South Asian slash ethnic minority social worker in Hong Kong. And he decided to run for LegCo, A, representing the ethnic minority community, breaking a, being a historic moment. And also, he was ra- running for um, the Kowloon West 
district. So that's like a really heated district as well. So he was doing this thing. And like with Jeffrey Andrews, he was basically the most timid of everyone. Like he's the most peaceful person you'll ever meet. And even amongst the group, you're like, this guy, there's nothing you have on him. Even more peaceful than Morgan Freeman. Even more peaceful than Morgan Freeman. Nelson Mandela, <laughs> not so much though. <laughs> yeah. Wait a second. No, I mixed them up. No, okay. Yeah. So yeah. And he was a, like, it was a real shocker. Yeah. And the main, I mean, the, he's got an amazing story, right? And he started, he was, had a, a troubled youth himself. I think he was arrested when he was yeah. young. 20-something. Um, and then, yeah, turned his life around, basically, yeah. and now has become this social worker helping out ethnic minorities and the refugee community and so on. Um, but he just he posted this really powerful message where he said, you know, I had to make the same phone call to my dad that I made some yeah, 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've been arrested again, but this time not for something I did wrong, but for standing up for what I believe in. Yeah. Um, such a powerful message. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really impressive to see that his spirit is still there. I mean, I know Jeffrey Andrews. He's the type of guy that... Like I was hearing stories about when they were arresting him, he was still worried about his clients that you know you're supposed to see them that day, and I'm like, that's so Jeffrey. Like he's that type of guy. He will literally like run out to help you out if you call him and say, hey man, I'm in trouble. He's like, I'm there right now, right? His wife not so happy about that though. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think the weirdest thing for myself is when I heard about him being arrested. I was like, of all like this doesn't even make sense. This is clearly just a sweep. This is like just arrest them all. Who cares? Doesn't really matter. I'm like, what did? What could he have done? Yeah. He was at the bottom of the election, as in like he got the least number of votes. Still very, very impressive. Yeah. But the point is like, what did he could have possibly done? He literally just the guy who was playing along in the game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So one of the things that happened with the national security law arrests and the defense that I think a lot of pro-Beijing people have made is they say, oh, there's a lot of arrests, but how many people have been charged? You know, pointing to the low number of people that have been charged. Is this, do you think this might be another situation like that? You know? Well, yeah. I mean, so we've so far, I think I had about 80 something arrests, including these, these 50 odd under the national security law. Um, Only a handful have been charged. Um, But look, there are, there are consequences to being arrested. And I think, you know, it's saying, oh, they've only been arrested. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not my point speaking to me. Bail sucks. Right. That's the first thing. A lot of them have had to- Do they get to pay bail? Well, they have to- surrender their passports so they're not able to to leave Hong Kong and I think part of the strategy is to avoid the kind of Ted Hoi situation where yeah, you have you know, people you know, going into exile um, they have to report to the police they may have their assets frozen they've got the stress of this thing hanging over their heads like never knowing Any are way, you going to be yeah. charged when are you going to go to court yeah. you have to pay lawyers and sort of you know all of that so it's um it's a it's a it's a it's a major tool of intimidation it's the arrest in itself um yeah uh but uh, and and surely there's sort of some kind of problem with the justice system if you have police making arrests that they don't intend to charge people with or, or they don't have sufficient evidence to charge people with um and for the people who do get charged um the national security law has a presumption against bail so you end up sitting in jail waiting for your trial even before you've had a trial so this is a situation with for four, four months five right months. yeah like jimmy Lai and yeah, some yeah. others at the moment uh he may bail 10 million bucks right got out got a few days and they were like nope go back yep. in did they keep yeah. the bail money it's a yeah. it's a deposit so you get it back if you're eventually released i think but um he's now in in maximum security prison um you know and, is he, and he's old right he's, he's 70 70 something yeah um and he hasn't actually been 
put on trial yet. He's still an innocent man under the legal system, but he's sitting in maximum security prison awaiting his trial. Um, How much so worse is maximum security prison than like most Hong Kong apartments? <laughs> <laughs> or the 21-day <laughs> restriction you have to be in your own place for 21 I'm days. Like, I'm like, wow, that bed's only touching two of the walls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for some of these guys, they're probably going like, wait, this is prison? Hold on a second. <laughs> wait a second. So, there's no rent? <laughs> I mean, there's, the, there's one window. Oh, my God. This is great. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine the mental turmoil, though. I mean, the whole point is that if you're... With this whole national security law, the issue is that it every, every time you see one of these reports, you're kind of like, well, what reason? What reason? And it's just mm. because it's NSL. NSL. I'm like, what? You can't just keep throwing NSL out. It's like the boy who cried wolf. At some point, we're going to be like, what? You can't. This can't be NSL. Yeah, I and mean, the, the, the tricky thing we're facing at the moment is we're in this stage where you know the NSL is enforced, but we haven't yet had any full trials yeah. go to completion. So we don't yet know how the courts are going to apply and interpret yeah. the law, how Beijing's going to react to that. So there's sort of this thing that's out there, but the, the lines that define it aren't yet drawn. Yeah. Um, Which so is an yeah. interesting point, though, because the courts don't, as, as of now, aren't really being so easily directed by Beijing. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's, it's fair to say that Hong Kong's court system is still very much independent and, 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 and has a you know, high level of integrity. Um, and you see that from decisions coming through the courts, you know, week by week. Um, a lot of the time, um, acquitting protesters who'd been arrested in 2019 because they say the police don't have enough evidence or they, they accuse Have they the been pol- held since then? Uh, some, I think some have, yeah. Some have been remanded until then, yeah. Um, Many not. Many are just sort of on, on bail. Um, but yeah, and the courts don't shy away from accusing the police of committing perjury or, or making up stuff in court or giving inconsistent evidence if they, if they, if they see it that way. Um, uh, and we now, we also just as of this month have a new chief justice. Um, so the former chief justice retired and we have a new chief justice in place, um, Andrew Jung. So we'll see if that leads to any change in, in the way that the, the, the courts sort of view the world. But I don't think so. He's sort of already expressed some pretty strong views that, that Hong Kong you know, continues to have uh, you know, human rights and, and, and freedoms and so on. Um, but yeah, the, the the courts, of course, you know, will be the first ones to draw the lines and sort of define the national security law. But the law still, the ultimate power to interpret the law remains with Beijing. So if Beijing doesn't like what the Hong Kong courts do with the law. They might step in and say, oh, you got that one wrong. <laughs> really? yeah. do, do they do that? that? Well, we don't know yet. It's they have the power time, to do that. I mean, from from the patterns they're taking now, it's not just a matter of time. They're like, yeah, I didn't really like that one. So uh, say, turn that backwards. I mean, they'll interview for sure. I mean, it, I mean, the weird thing with the NSI, I keep thinking about how it makes sense to me because it's like a comic comes on stage, right? It <laughs> <laughs> does a bit. It's not funny. and like, well, that sucked. And the audience is like, ha, 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 right? And it does another bit, fails again. They're like, well, that sucked. The audience is like, wait a second. You, you can't keep using the that sucked and you laugh at yourself kind of idea. Oh, you're repeating the same argument? That right? or else like, this guy knows what I'm talking about. You know, it's not yeah. like, yeah, we're kind of getting, this is not the point anymore. NSL is like that, right? It's just like, oh, we don't know what this is, so it's NSL. There you go. You can't argue with that. Yeah, well, the, I mean, the, I, <laughs> I'm trying to apply like my knowledge of how things worked in mainland China. Mm. And the starting point for me is always that the system's irrelevant. Yeah. Mm. The system is just, it's like, it's more like they have a thing they want to do. They're like, okay, which tool are we going to pick up to achieve the thing that we wanted to do that we decided before we even considered how the law might apply to this situation? Yeah. Mm. But that's the thing. So that's why it's so hard to grasp because you're trying to think of the system the way it works, but then it it doesn't really work that way. It's kind of like you go to a show and the audience is pretty high by themselves and they're laughing at bits. You're like, well, how is that funny? Yeah. 
You know, like, did you ever read Richard sense. McGregor's book, The Party? Yeah, great book. Which is an amazing great book. book. And yeah. one of the takeaways I had from that was about how the courts in mainland China, like the the number one, the justice was like the sixth priority for them. You know, like <laughs> that, literally, that's their mandate. Yeah, it's not. Oh, we've got to. It's like no, no, no. They have to achieve the party's interests. Yeah, the first five, and then and then government's interests and all this justice. stuff. And justice yeah. is like way, way down, man. And yeah. well, how that's gonna happen here? Yeah, I mean, there's this really famous quote from Xi Jinping from a couple of years ago where he sort of said, uh, uh, "North, South, East, and West, the party leads them all." And this idea that all of the government apparatus, the entirety of the system should be in service of of the party. Um, and that's you know, the case. That's a terrifying quote, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't it say like north, south, thing. east, west of China. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. That doesn't specify. In yeah. fact, specifically the word west. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. North, south, east, west. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, you know... They must have a plan. Like, whatever we think, they have a plan to get from A to B. Yeah. And what? how does that play out, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's certainly Hong Kong's not an exception to that. Let's put it that way. Hong Kong is you know, a part of China. And from, from Beijing's point of view, at least you know, the, 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 the two systems bit of one country, two systems certainly applies to, you know, the economy and the financial markets and all that kind of thing. But it doesn't extend to, you know, being free to... to to try and bring down the government or subvert the government, that clearly is something that's that's crosses the red line from, from their point of view. Um, yeah, but I would so. even go further than that and yeah. say, I, I can give you specific examples of situations in the courts in mainland China where it's like, forget about subverting the government. You were just someone with more power wanted something mm. and you lose. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and bear in mind, there are so many... Um, hierarchies uh, sort of geographic hierarchies in china starting in you know central government in beijing and going down to the province and going down to, to sort of cities and counties and townships and villages and, and every of every layer has government and party organs and courts and local vested interests um and, and so, when we uh, say villages we mean like a million people yeah, right. villages but in all seriousness <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's legitimately yeah, yeah. they say villages we're like oh yeah the people in the yeah, shanties yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like exactly. no 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 no, no. <laughs> yeah. this is still a huge city yeah. <laughs> um yeah but a lot of stuff happens you know down through those through those layers and a lot of it is, is personality driven yeah Personality driven, but that's that's such a perfect way to describe the counterpoint to the rule of law. Yeah, it's like rule, rule well, of man, rule by man, who's rather than rule by, man. Rule, rule by person. Who's there on the day? What's their mood about it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I guess it's like school. There was a great actually going back to your Twitter. There was a great tweet that you made me laugh. It was Bill Bishop had said of. Of course they arrested everyone. It's just as they would do in Shenzhen or Zhengzhou. <laughs> like Hong Kong being yeah. Zhengzhou. Uh, that, was a, that was a pretty sick burn from Bill. I mean, yeah, before, but just, yeah, it's not a great city, Zhengzhou. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> oh, yeah. man. Yeah, I guess that's the way they do it, right? It's always the, the fixed number of people, 6 a.m. arrests, mm. and that's the deal. And it goes to the newspaper headlines uh, during the morning and the uh, social media play. This is another thing I don't understand. Why 6 a.m., though? Like, Why interrupt people's sleep? Uh, I never get that. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, do the police have different shifts, and these guys start the shifts, and they go straight to work? Or is that the end of the first shift? And they're like, well, let's make our money. If it's, uh, yeah, I think it's trying to you know, keep, you know knock people off guard and and you know intimidate them and also be sure them that and, they're home. That's yeah. All, yeah, true. Yeah. Well, that is what I mean because like six a.m. You know, you probably haven't even brushed your teeth yet. You you stuffed them. You to don't yourself. get up at five a.m. What's wrong with you? <laughs> 
Yeah, well, my meditation is brushless. Yeah. I don't brush before meditating. No, no. Uh, yeah, that was every time because I, when, I, when I wake up and if I do see the news, I'm like, oh, when did they do that? Three hours ago. I'm like, oh, man, that hurts. You should start yeah. getting up at 5.30 so when they do come to arrest you, you're not there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just work backwards. Yeah. Like, I, I assume every single day they're going to arrest me. I go at 5.30. Like, I'm going to do a set somewhere on my own in the garden to yeah. all, the, all the old people. But no. So what do you think is the next step? Well, there's been a lot of speculation that they are going to uh, do something around the district council. So the district council elections were in 2019, sort of towards the end of the protests, um, and the pan-democrats won almost every seat. Um, they took a real clean sweep, a landslide victory in that election. Um, and that had has sort of consequences for two things, n- not just for, of course, the fact that they run the district councils. Um, all the district councillors are entitled to sit on the election committee that elects the chief executive, and we're due to have another chief executive election next year, 2022. Um, and also, they then contribute candidates to the five so-called district council super functional constituencies. So, five seats in LegCo come from the district councils. So, there's sort of consequences for both LegCo and the CE election that, that, that having all these pan-democrats in the district councils, not to mention the fact that they've sort of got a platform for sort of day-to-day involvement with the community, which which can be quite helpful for sort of building grassroots support. So there's a lot of rumors that Beijing is going to take some action to try and disqualify all of these district councillors, probably by applying the same loyalty test that's been applied to the legislators. And what does that yeah. mean exactly? Well, they, they basically say, look, all these people are, are public servants in, in some way. Um, they have to swear an oath of loyalty that they promise to you know, swear loyalty to the Hong Kong government and to the central government and to the constitution and the basic law and all those things. And then they say, well, look, you've sworn, sworn this oath and you posted Gong Fu Hong Gong, liberate Hong Kong on your Facebook page. That's a breach of the oath. So you're out. Um, or they sort of go through and find any, anything that they've done. That- and how on the line is the stuff they're finding? Because if you said, like, well, I want an independent Hong Kong, you know, you kind of get... You, not that I agree with it, but you can see the insurrection Yeah, argument. but I mean, look, looking, you know at what I mean? Trends, looking at the trends so far, they don't need to have a very no, clear No, that's concept. what I'm asking is, yeah. like, how, how line ball are some, some I of mean, the fact that they're people. going retrospective anyway, like, they'll definitely go backwards and be like, you posted yeah. this in, you know, 2019, yeah. and you've heard yours in 2021, so... Oh, I know a guy who's a Uyghur who, when he was 21, he was arrested for sending an SMS when he was 14. Yeah. Seven years earlier. And that was about six years ago. He's never been seen. Never came back. Wow, that's that that's harsh. Yeah, because the district council thing. I was reading a little bit. the The idea is that they felt that they were basically against Hong Kong, hmm. and so the government definitely is trying to crack down on some reason. And honestly, at hmm. this point, they could do whatever reason they want. Hmm. Just be like, yeah, a subversion. I'm like, well, what? I yeah. also know another guy. One of the comics friends, a uh, neighbor, uh, is works for the government, and they asked him to make the pledge. He's just left. He's just taken yeah. his whole family. Oh, and gone. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. imagine, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, little that's kids, why, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, honestly, that's also why I no longer call Cowell on the dark side. I'm just, I'm just scared to insult. It sounds any. racist. Yeah, there you go. That as well. But I, I'm allowed to say it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean I, so the, because the weird thing is like now is like everything you say, it's not even a matter of like, is this offensive? It's a matter of it's offensive to someone else. Yeah. And you have to kind of guess like, who is that someone else? Like, what's their tolerance level? You get it? Like, yeah. I, if I say South Asian versus brown people, like, oh, you can't call them brown people. I'm like, okay. So now I'm, I'm in jail for calling brown people brown. Okay. I'm, I'm confused. So I think that's what's happening right now. Even like as comics, right? We have this worry of like, what line, where is the line? What do we, where do we cross? No, I have the worry of not being known. 
<laughs> well, you know what? At times like these, it's actually a good thing. <laughs> you know, like the good thing I always like the the one thing I was keep feeling that the NSL has that we can benefit from is that we're we're speaking English, so that is already one advantage we probably have. By the time the translation happens, you know, we have the defensive loss in translation. That's one. That doesn't I, work, though. Yeah, well, you know. I mean, You're arguing like we could have a say. You know. <laughs> Am I being too pessimistic here? <laughs> you know, I mean, look, a great example, I think, of where some of the red lines lie is this um, is uh, this politician, Fast Beat Tam, a, a, you know, a, oh, yeah, a pro yeah, yeah. politician. Great he's, name. He's yeah. a great name, yeah. Um, he's being charged with sedition, um, with f- making seditious utterances for having a microphone on a street stall and chanting a lot of the slogans that were commonly chanted during the protest. Slogans like, five demands, not one less, uh, liberate Hong Kong, and these kind of slogans. Now, he's been charged with seditious utterances for chanting those slogans. And the, the other one I think is just classic. He's also been charged with aiding and abetting someone else uttering those seditious words because he passed them the mic. Wow. Like the act of like that's passing the person, that's a charge. So passing the mic about. to that, him. That's like, that's, <laughs> like, that's his... Yeah, that's his line yeah, balls exactly. again. So that's what I mean. Like you're getting away with that. And also, I'm very curious. Like, how long before we have to beep what he just said? The, the I tell you what, I'm not stuff. giving either of you my microphone. <laughs> yeah. That's right. for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this, of course, this is all reported speech. We don't in any way endorse the contents of these slogans. Yeah, exactly, We're just uh, exactly. reporting what other people just, have yeah, said. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 I'm editing that part out. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, as heard, <laughs> the slogan as heard on the streets." <laughs> and I quote, "I mean." Yeah. Uh, it seems to me like assuming that the district councils won't be let in is is almost like a best case scenario. Mm. Like that's the least bad thing. Yeah, basically that just you would qualify expect. and go home and go do something else. Because basically. that would be the on the level of uh, them, you know, removing people from running next time. Mm. But they've gone one further than that. I mean, they're locking people up. You know, I think that's the whole fear tactic as well, right? They're trying to stress you out and kind of go, you know what? Uh, screw this. I'm out. I'm just going to sit here and be quiet. I'm not going to argue I anymore. I feel like so much of what Beijing does is like a human experiment. Mm. Yeah, they're like, okay, what's working in Hong Kong didn't work out. What if we just, you know, run this fear campaign? You know, do you? Do, here's a question: Do you think that they that stability, like genuine stability, is of interest to them? Oh no, I'm sure it is. Yeah, I, I think the number one thing that's driving all of this is they saw what happened in 2019, and that crossed the line and was unacceptable, and they want to make sure that. Nothing like that can ever happen again, not only in terms of, of, of law enforcement to actually stop protests like that happening, but to get rid of all the underlying factors that supported and drove that. So but doesn't it do the opposite? Well, that's my point. Exactly. That's the, they're not that, winning hearts point, and though. minds. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah that, that's yeah. my whole point. Is yeah. like there's stability, like no one's in this, no one's firing you know, fire arrows yeah. at the police, right. but then there's stability like people feel st- stable. Hmm. Yeah, so you, so you have to you have to question what's the long term consequences. That's, and, that's and, what yeah. I'm asking. And I, yeah, I, yeah I, I tend to agree that yeah, there's this is just pushing all that. It's not resolving any of the fundamental issues as far as the Hong Kong people are concerned. And it's just pushing all of that resentment and discontent sort of down and putting a lid on it. But it's still rumbling away, and you feel that inevitably somehow or somewhere it's going to it's going to burst out. How again. Do you think? What, what, I want to ask both of you guys. Yeah. You know what. What are you? What are what are Hong Kong people thinking right now? Oh, actually, let me say something first. I just want to hear your thoughts. No, you've on been this. saying a lot of like you don't say something first after cutting yourself. No, no, no. no <laughs> but I, I, I wanted to, I didn't want to interrupt you before. Yeah, but, yeah. But you mentioned that it was a landslide win for the district councils. Yeah. But by votes, it was pretty close, right? Uh, 60-40, 60-40, right? Roughly. Yeah, 60-40. Oh, I thought it was closer than no, that. No, no, no. Sixty forty. 
Uh, but then, I, I, I thought there was a closer. No, like, as in the number of votes was basically sixty percent, forty percent. Right. So Pro Dem was sixty percent of the votes. Mm. Just that all the different seats kind of. I thought it was like forty-eight percent had voted for Pro. You, you were probably looking at the propaganda news. I was. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. yeah, I was reading Nuri Fatash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, then then it wasn't sixty forty. It was yeah. just like unfair. Yeah. It was like ridiculous math. Okay, that's, well, that's what really happened, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, um, yeah, it's roughly sixty forty, which in any other in any other country would be a. But there's a lot of support for Beijing. Right. There's, like, there's not insignificant support for Beijing. It's not the majority, but yeah, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of support for pro Beijing and for you know, various like parts of the community. I guess people who have good lives at the moment, they're like, hey, don't change nothing. We like the way things are, so don't shake the boat. But then what we don't realize is that it's not about the boat not shaking. Is there's an issue that's going on? We either like kind of take out the engine and refix it. Or else it's just a matter of time before the engine itself is going to conk out and the whole boat goes. It's like the boat's on fire. Don't rock it. Don't wet the wood. Don't, don't wet the wood. It's like, no. Don't make the flames go in. The rocking will make the flames exactly. you know, help them. Yeah, exactly. It's going to give it oxygen. Oh, my God. Yeah. The flames will get bigger. It's like, uh, it's a matter of time. Yeah. So, so what is the underlying sentiment in your opinions now then? Well, everyone's... I, honestly, if you ask me, I'm just confused. I don't even know what to think anymore. Partly because of this whole... Well, first of all, the whole lockdown and everything's already confused me completely. Like, my normal way of thinking has been shot to hell, you know. And at the same time, with all the news just being, like, so arbitrary, where it's like, wait, what? This is... this For what? And there's no real clear explanation. Like I said, the 50-plus uh, people who were arrested, the, the pro-dem people who got arrested, I was just like, so wait, what? Like, what's your reasoning? Oh, because they were plotting against them? Like, wait, what? Like, so even a plan, like a bad plan is illegal now? Right? Do you understand how the crazy that is? Like if we just sat one day, say, hey, let's do a show, and we're gonna do this like roast, and we're gonna roast this, like oh oh oh, you can't say that. We were brainstorming. No no no, you either go straight to the final idea, otherwise you don't do it at all. It's like what? Yeah, that's television. Exactly. <laughs> but but my point is that you still have a brainstorming process, right? Now even the brainstorming process itself is wrong. So what do you think is the sentiment of people though? These sixty percent. I I honestly everyone. If you ask me, if people I've spoken to, they're just f- pissed off. People are pissed off. A lot of my friends, who, as I've spoken to, they're just like pissed off because it's like they're at a state of confusion. I think that is the where the way they're trying to wear you down. Where you're just so confused, like you know what, I give up. Are I, people giving? Okay, so are people giving up? Do you think uh, borderline-ish? Like people are getting frustrated. I would say. I mean, I mean, look, the sense I have certainly people are. Uh, uh, are intimidated, are afraid. And, you know, since the national security law came in, you see people, you know, deleting their Facebook posts oh, yeah, yeah, or yeah. you know, turning their accounts anonymous, leaving chat groups. And this um, has nothing to do with the recent WhatsApp policy changes. This was right. like before WhatsApp wanted to change their privacy policy. Yeah. Um, also, people talking about leaving Hong Kong. Some actively doing so. I think, especially massive you know, numbers a, of people applying for BNO, BNO passports, the, the, yeah, the UK passports, yeah. and yeah. I mean, but for for me, what. Uh, in terms of what's the sentiment, I mean, uh, the, the thing that I just can't sort of, sort of get out of my head is that the whatever it was, 2.6 million people or whatever it was that 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 voted pan-democrat in those district council elections in 2019, um, and then the 600,000 some last July who came out in the middle of a pandemic, yeah, kind of queued in this, you know, to participate in this, you know, you know, took a fair bit of effort to get the phone and get the code and vote in the primary, 600,000 people did that. Um, 
all those people are still here. Well, most of those people are still here. The, the government hasn't done anything to make them feel happier, right? If anything, all of this is only going to have entrenched their views and made them you know, feel even more unhappy. So that, to me, must be an indication of, of at least how that segment of the population feels. I don't think nothing, anything's happened to change their minds. I mean, really, you th- if you ask me what's going to happen, if this is like the typical phase where, okay, you're confused, you don't know what to do. It's kind of like you're, you're young and you're kind of like angsty and everything. And eventually, at some point, you're just going to break out and find your way. And get acne. And get acne as well. <laughs> exactly. That's going to be key on the back as well. But then uh, <laughs> specifically on the back. The back knee. Yeah, back knee. No, what I'm saying is like, I think right now the confusion phase, like even I'm asking myself, like I'm confused as to what to think and what to make of all this stuff. But I know what's going to happen is I like, give it a few months time. I will start to adapt, but not accept. And it's eventually going to either twist me onto a very radical angle as in I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I mean, if it's not going to make sense, let's not make anything have, have any sense to it. You know, you go that route. Otherwise, the other is the intimidation route where I'm just like, you know what? I just want to get on with my life. Please don't bother me. And I don't see the 600,000 slash 2.6 million people who came out to vote to be the type of guy like, you know what? No, I find whatever whatever you want. You know, I'll just be quiet. So I really feel it's just a matter of time of multiplying and people are going to get to the point of frustration and the radicalization is just going to increase. Do you think that people could protest again? I don't honestly. If you ask me, I don't think that because it's just right now so risky that as well, and also with the the COVID issue, the government's just gone nuts with the restriction. They can do whatever they want for whatever reason, like oh, for safety. Uh, okay, so how? Like I said, when they did the whole fifty people maximum outdoors but unlimited indoors, I was like, what kind of logic is this? Mm. And if and they could get away with it. So what's stopping them from just basically stopping any sort of gathering outside? Right? There's nothing. So they can just keep this on forever and just say, well, with COVID, who knows, this might be the flu season. So uh, no gathering. Yeah, but that's my point is like, peop- I, I'm not saying people don't want to do it. I'm saying people won't do it because they don't think that they can. But I think we're going to get innovative. It's like the mooncake thing, right? Sending messages in mooncakes and everything. It's, it's just a matter of time. Some We're going to figure out a new way to protest slash get Figure out a from. way to make a tasty mooncake. Yeah, that as well. I mean, there are some really good ones. The ice cream ones, non-traditional. But yeah. Hagen Dust were the only ones that had a good go at it. Yeah, they had a good go with that one. Uh, so yeah, I would say honestly the confusion, I think if you ask me from what I've seen in my circle of people is we're at a very confused trying to make make sense of what's going on now. So so right now people are waiting for COVID to pass, right? Yeah. You can is say that, that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's right. Sure. Yeah, so yeah, what happens yeah. when COVID passes? That's a, that's a great question. Well, once the, the, the public gathering restrictions are lifted, um, you, you still do need police permission to have a public protest. They might continue to refuse permission for whatever reasons they can come up with. Um, people might try to get creative and sort of somehow try to gather and march anyway. But the minute that anything like that is is publicized online yeah, or elsewhere, the police sort of swoop in very early and, and stop any gathering occurring. Um, so, yeah, you sort of wonder how... A protest like that would would happen again, and and when the conditions might permit that. Um, so yeah, it's it's a good question. And, and you know, for example, I sort of wonder: will we ever see another June Fourth vigil in Hong Kong, or is that it? They're just never going to allow one to happen again. Um, well, Nuri Vitachi's going, and he's been lighting candles for the soldiers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been lighting because <laughs> that's an actual thing. Yeah, <laughs> actual said. explanation of what happened. Like you must understand, there were soldiers. <laughs> That he's, nobody he's been cares going about. to the vigil yeah. to light the candles <laughs> for the soldiers. Hey, man. Sometimes, man, love is a weird thing. There's no I in love. So I've one thing that's been... <laughs> <laughs> it's just the gag that keeps on giving. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's no I in that joke. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, that's one thing. There is an I in Vitachi, but go on. I really want to. I, I want to. I'm fascinated because you have a there's lot a of. There's you in Yuri. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a Y as well somewhere. <laughs> No, I because you have so much experience in mainland China. One of the things that's always frustrated me, and now I've accepted it, is I the the level of nationalism in mainland China is astonishing. I struggle to find anyone that doesn't think that the Beijing's doing a good job. Like it's, it, I have intelligent friends who can think have been Western educated. Yeah. When you get onto the topic of China, you just got to go. It's like listening to a Trump supporter. It's like, you're going to say some stuff and I can't hate you. I don't hate you, but I'm not going to change your mind. You yeah, know? I mean, it, it's fair. It's not, it's not unique to China, right? I mean, there are you know, a lot of other places in the world where... Oh, but in China, is, it, I, is there anywhere else where it's so ubiquitous? Um, I don't know, but certainly, you know, the, 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 the Chinese government has, you know, used the education system and, and sort of weaponized this 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 patriotism right as a as a as a way of forming social cohesion and as a way of legitimizing their own rule and and so yeah that the system is sort of built to built to reinforce that um but you know at, at the same time you know to be fair they've they've got a lot of reasons to 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 naturally agree with that at the moment right given how well they've handled covid and you know their economy is kind of hanging together and you know so there's a there's there's sort of a you know, you, I think the government wouldn't be able to maintain that if there wasn't at least some basis in in the reality of people's day to day lives, right? Sure, but at some point you're like, oh, hey, you're dealing with the economy. Well, you guys are allowed to have internment camps. <laughs> you know, like if Hitler was like, Hitler's like, hey, chicken in every pot. Hey, 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 they could <laughs> be know? glamp. They like, could be glamping. Like, at what point is dealing with a pandemic? Well, gives you permission. For my personal position is like I was fine with living there and everything. Like that was a turning point for me, where I was like, they're, they're not what they're doing is not okay. Yeah, and I'm obviously biased, and it's hard not to see past my own bias with that. But I, it is I've found negative commentary about the government absent. Yeah, among all of my friends. Yeah, yeah, the system's built built that way and 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 people's you know daily lived experience is consistent with that so why would they why would they question it i mean i mean yeah i'm not saying i agree with that the same reason i questioned it (laughs) i don't have access to i don't have any access i don't have access to information they don't have i don't know i guess like maybe you yeah you like you said you get brought up in that environment through that education it's kind of like saying you when you go to india you see a cow walking net walking around past the road you don't go like oh what the hell's going on you're like well that's yeah that's how it is i mean we're okay with analogy i had exactly the same information that they what well am i wrong sorry so they're right then is that the conclusion no but then to like or not like the government isn't that more personal opinion slash uh, feeling sure but my point is why is no one on the other side of it oh why is no one complaining like intern <laughs> how is it so almost unanimous so you mean like no one's actually complaining about the camps and everything is that what you're saying oh god no Dude, yeah have you spoken to a, someone in the mainland about a Uyghur <laughs> I have, have you recently no. no I haven't um but I mean I, you, I, I was there in Last year, for a show early last year, mm. room full of people. It, very common. The, this exact experience. I have friends who are Uyghurs that are mm. there. It's straight away. It's like they're dirty. They're thieves. Mm. Um, we need to bring them into the community. If, if even that, mm. you know, they oh. don't even see it as needing to bring them in. Yeah. They need to be kept under control. That's yeah. the common point of view. Yeah. 
like that was you know um, I can the, see I, not so to I, keep I, talking about Nuri when Nuri put up that thing where he's like oh actually there is some friction between Han Chinese and Uyghur Chinese but it's very light hearted ribbing because they're friends it's like what the f- fuck are you talking about <laughs> yeah but i guess like so the thing is so that's what i mean so you've personally experienced it you know in your face so therefore it's so strong to you whereas, and my like, we- as i have my Uyghur friends you know exactly so i'm saying like we I, for myself i've never i don't have a Uyghur friend but you lived in mainland china yeah, for a lived long in, time lived in Beijing you have for more experience than, uh, maybe than i do there mm. is this inconsistent with your experiences no no not at all i mean uh, it's you know but people <laughs> It's as I say. It's the it's the way that the the party has has built up the system and and the and the bargain that the the social contract of of you know people's material lives improving and, and the price that they pay for that is is not to question the the political status quo and that's sort of been the bargain for thirty. 30 years yeah I guess that's you know with the grandparents you know like don't don't question the grandparents you know whatever they say goes kind of deal maybe that's like the I would have thought the grandparents would be the source of of uh, great grandparents asking questions you know yeah because they were there you clearly yeah. are not Asian. <laughs> that is why <laughs> yeah. you are like grandparents are great. They have so much. No, wisdom. no, 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 no. I'm saying they lived through the worst of it. Yeah, but generally, like grandparents, at least in the more Asian cultures, kind of like, yeah, no. I <laughs> yeah. lived next to this horrible old couple in Shanghai, and they were just they they would they were screaming at each other all day. They were just miserable people. Yeah, not and much I remember thinking, there. looking at them, I'm like, look how old they are. They've lived through the worst of the worst of some of the... Yeah, I was just so glad that it happened to them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... And not but, somebody else. But one, one day what's going to happen is like in 30, 40 years time, people are going to look at us like, I'm so glad COVID happened to them and not us. And we're like, yeah, you kids. You damn kids. <laughs> yeah, you went through nothing. Um, COVID's not the great leap forward. Well, <laughs> true, true. It's, own little, it's got its own little annoyances as well, but I guess social media. How did media. I become the psycho like, conspiracy theorist amongst this group of three? <laughs> Clearly. Uh, how did we get to comparing COVID to the Great Leap Forward? Several steps away. Well, the, the sort of the path that I was getting to, though, yeah. is that what I've seen now amongst my Hong Kong friends is a level of acceptance. Right. Okay. I see where you're going. Yeah. So I'm yeah. seeing that trend is starting to happen here where I'm talking to people who are friends of mine who are smart mm. and they're saying, they're like, yeah, this is what it is. So that's yeah, let's, f- let's, 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 let's get on board. There's only yeah. one way this is going to go. Yeah. So there's several. Which I understand. St- yeah, no, you're right. So there's several stages, right? So the, you could say that we're, they're kind of in the, the acceptance stage of, okay, this is the way it is. There's no point fighting against it. And I think what you're saying is the next level is, Embracing it and saying, "Yeah, this is the way it should be." 1984. They yeah. make you love the party. That's yeah. their goal. Yeah, I think there. Uh, there you go. Their I goal is to, to win over again. hearts and minds. Every thought is in in admiration and love yeah. the party. Yeah, it's just a matter of time now. Let's see how long this lasts on the podcast. I'm already losing both of you. <laughs> <laughs> two, two plus two is was, was, was five, five, I believe. Five, three, five, Freedom five, is slavery. Yeah, it was basically there's an I in China. That's that's the conclusion of that formula. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, so jumping to one real quick thing. Uh, we still have a bit of time. All right, so one real quick thing. Where do you think is, like, this time next year, what do you think is going to be Hong Kong? I'm very curious to see. Like one year ago, you would have never imagined... Hmm where we are now, right? So just crazy thought, what do you think one year later Hong Kong is going to be like? What do you think it's going to be? Well, I think wh- certainly one year later, I think there still would not have been any major public protests. Yeah. 
Um, there will have been more arrests under the national security law. I'm pretty sure the district councils will be knocked out in some way. Um, I'd be surprised if we've had alleged co-election by then. I reckon it'll be delayed even longer. Yeah. Um, uh, and probably by then we will have had some people charged and found guilty and jailed under the national security law as well. Um, and I think also by then it might be that things feel a bit more stable in the sense that the kind of wave of of arrests and things might have eventually petered out. Um, there must be but, fatigue as well. Right, yeah. And people just feel tired and, 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 and quiet. Like we're getting and, to two years of disruption. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not just process. Like that's when like it's just yeah. doubled on, right? Doubled down with like COVID as well. It's like another yeah. angle of disruption. Because I mean, I think COVID won't be fully passed until at least the end of this year, right? By the time you have vaccines, with the Hong Kong government working at it right. this way, yeah. No. So that'll have been that'll have been almost three years of of not life being not normal. Yeah, um, which is just got to take a toll on everyone's. Let's say the real metric, the economy. And, yeah. uh, three years of LKF having. Not that many people in it. Yeah. That's right. the real yeah. metric, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Three years of no open, proper open mics and shows. Wow, oh my man. Oh, they're back to square back. one. Yeah. Um. Well, I I'm really hoping for good news on all fronts, and uh, mostly just shows back. That's all I really care about. I'll yeah. be championing the party if we can have shows. Yeah, back. I, I, I sleep with my fingers crossed. So but I'm doing my part. Auntie, it's always awesome having you on, man. I really appreciate you sharing. Yeah, your time. it's been a real pleasure. Thanks. Thanks.